All right. Welcome to class this morning. Does anybody need uh, an outline? A copy of the outline? Can I borrow one? No. <laughs> no, I'll share hers. You know I'm messing with you, Margie. Was there another one? There? Margie wants to borrow one. Don't write it. We will make more. <laughs> I was a little frazzled this morning and I forgot. <clears throat> yes. We'll finish up, uh, hopefully, uh, patience today. And we might even get started on kindness, but, but for sure, kindness on Wednesday night will start. Now, we remember, I, I hope, from the beginning, uh, a few weeks back, about um, a principle called we call the 747 principle. You know, the, all the analogies we made based on the, the, the famous airplane that's now retired with the broad wings and the, the safety features and, you know, all those things. And then we, we applied that to, uh, um, to Luke 747. And can somebody paraphrase, and then I want you to tell me what, apply the 747 principle to <coughs> patience. So, in a, in a nutshell, what does that mean? The 747 principle. He who forgives little Okay. And what, what does that mean exactly? more grace has been poured out upon us, we're more likely, more, more able to be able to Once we internalize it, realize it, actualize it, those kinds of things. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. The more a person realizes how much God has forgiven them, to show that to others. To show that to others, yeah. No, that's exactly right. Um, now, someone take that and apply that principle to patience. You can use your own, obviously use your own word, patience. The 747 principle as it applies to patience. Now, what's the very first word in this long litany of, uh, this list of, uh, of words defining love, describing love, is patience. God didn't, didn't do that by accident. Patience. A person who shows little patience, help me out. Well, I love little, but as far as patience goes, you're not going to be very patient with other people until you realize how patient God has been with you. Now, that's easy said than done. Right? We, we can say that. But how, how do we how do we make that come true? Um, remember we what the word patience means in the original, uh, 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 slow to boil. We all know about boiling water. What's the major variable in boiling water? Heat. The heat. The higher the heat, the faster it boils. All right. So, with that being said, we have to figure out ways, and we're going to talk about this in a second. I want to hear what you think. We have to figure out 
ways to keep the temperature down in our lives. Now, does patience mean that, well, you know, we had a slow waiter today and I was real patient with him. Well, it could a little bit. Well, you know, I, I stood in a long line at Walmart and I didn't yell at anybody. Well, good for you. Um, there's a certain amount of truth to that, to patience, but it's more than that. It's a lot more than that. The question was asked last week at the end of class. I thought it was a good question. See what you think. Um, water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Why do some of us walk around already at 200 degrees? It doesn't take much to go from 200 to 212. Why do others walk around, I'm just throwing this, 140 degrees Fahrenheit, and it takes a lot longer for them to boil? How, how can we make those adjustments? Practice is huge. Oh, practice for sure. Maturity. Sorry. Maturity. <laughs> no. um, I'm just going to use the example of God with the Israelite. He gave them time after time after time, chance after chance, before he finally cut them off. So I think just look at maybe that story of God with the Israelites and see the tactics that he uses and apply them to our own lives. Let me, let me share a story with you. <clears throat> when I was teaching high school uh, economics, I had this student. He was a, probably a B.C. student. A, B, C, you're in the top three the way I always looked at it. <coughs> Not really. Um, <laughs> that's just where I was. He was, a, he was a B, C student. Something happened. Something changed. He became a D, F student. He would bring in a Red Bull every morning and just suck that down as quickly as he could. His test grade started to fall. He wasn't turning in his homework like he should. And I was getting a little impatient, frankly. Impatient. Get it? My, my, my flame was beginning to boil a little bit because I wanted him to succeed. And uh, so I talked to him. I said, dude, what's your problem? Not in front of the class. Not going to embarrass anybody. You're not going to do that. And he said... My dad kicked me out of the house. I'm living in my car now. Well, my attitude changed quickly with him. So the key, I, th I think, with all of this is understanding. Understanding. Now that I understood him... And if he nodded off, and he was working two jobs, a lot of jobs, uh, the one he didn't get off till close to midnight, 11 o'clock, time he cleaned up, it was midnight, and here he is coming to class at 7.30. So once I understood him and his situation, my temperature went down because I understood where he was coming from. And you make allowances for that. According to the school policy, you know, 90 to 100 is an A. Not my, not my room. 
he was trying. He was not going to fail that class, period. I don't care what his grades were. He was not. And 10 years of teaching, I never failed one student, never intended to. That wasn't my goal. My goal was to work with them to make sure they were successful. I didn't care what their, their, their grades were. I, I'm sure the principal of the school, if, he, if I were to tell him that now, he'd probably, well, well, you did what? <laughs> but you work with people once you understand them. So now, okay, that, that's a nice, and it's all true. How does that apply to patience, slow to boil, practical applications? How can we be more understandable toward each other, uh, toward people in the world, uh, at work, etc.? And now I'm, I'm all ears. Make fewer assumptions. Pardon? Make fewer assumptions. Make fewer assumptions. Help me out. Put yourself in their position. That's yeah, another way to put it. Kind of okay. Yeah. Get to know them. Ah. Get to make fewer assumptions. Get to know them. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't jump to conclusions. Because we tend to think the worst. And make it about us. And, it's and not that's not biblical, us. is it? No. It's not. It's not about Chris, you. That, no, that's really good points. I'm coming. I'm coming, coming. We always tend to think that everybody thinks the way we think. And nobody thinks the way we think. We're all different. So we have to learn to think that everybody's thinking something different. It's, we just think they're thinking what we're thinking. Okay. Uh, that, that's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, Nelma? It's got to be a deliberate decision, too. You made a deliberate decision to talk to that boy and understand him. And you could have just written him off and failed him. But we have to make a deliberate decision to understand people and to try to get on their plane wherever they are. Really good point. Uh, become a little more flexible. Uh -huh. I understood what the grading system was in school. I understood that. I'm going to be flexible with you. If you try, now you can't lay down on me. you gotta, you got to try, Michelle. Without sounding like Education 101, in my classroom, we learned that relationships have to come first. They just do, which means I've got, again, Nelma, make a deliberate decision to learn about every little human that I'm in charge of, of teaching. But that's just my profession. Way more important is our relationship with each other because souls are way more important than grades. And so I think it's maybe by example when we start, because not everybody's going to feel the same way. Not everybody wants to be talked with or maybe they're, maybe they're going through things that they feel that they're alone or they're embarrassed by. Some of us are very open books. That's just the way I am naturally. But not everybody is that Where'd way. Where'd you get such things? I swear. And so, so take, but maybe by example, maybe inviting people to do things or, hey, I don't know, being more hospitable or spending time with people that maybe we wouldn't normally spend time with, that's catchy. Oh, uh, it is. And all these things are wonderful. They're, 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 they're perfect. What I'm hearing, too, is we need to observe. Don't we? Don't we need to observe whether you're at work or whatever? And somebody's acting a little different. And, you know, you're not in front of other people. What's your, what's your, what's your problem today? Well, I don't have one. Of course you don't, because you've just embarrassed me. But 
observe when people are a little different, take them aside and maybe you take them to lunch or you give them a phone call and, and you say, I, I'm concerned. Could, is there anything I can do for you? I would say put yourself in the other person's shoes. Okay, which ties into what Chris was saying as well. Um, now, well, I think, I think what a lot of people are commenting on is seeking to understand the other person. Seeking to understand. And, which is that deliberate choice. You're deliberately looking to understand that person. And then not just that, but forbearing with whatever the answer it is that they give you. Because you're in that relationship, you also have to deal a little bit with the, the trials and the burdens and the hardships. Now that you know that information, well, you you're do. like involved in some yep. way, and that's where that patience comes through because those situations aren't going to be solved in one night. Involvement. Involvement gets sticky. Involvement can get messy. It takes work. Involvement takes work and time and all these things. Uh, and, and sometimes we go. I think my life's going to get complicated here if I get too involved with people. Is that true? It absolutely is true. To pull someone from the mud, you have to get muddy sometimes. Sometimes you do. The Lord didn't tell us to draw up in a cocoon, dress in black, and read the Bible all day. Was the Lord a, uh, himself a um, congenial type of person? He was involved. He was involved. Went to dinner with crummy people. He did. He did. Prostitutes that were caught in the very act. Could he have beat beaten them over the head? He did. He could have, but he didn't. Well, we need to be more like that. And sometimes, good Chad, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, along with that, in in. James chapter 1, which we already sort of covered, mm -hmm. the more trials that we face, the more muck we get into, the more of these things we face, it will cause patience to grow in us the more we get beat up, especially if we learn to count it joy <laughs> that we are in those things, then patience will have its perfect work. That's true. When does one prepare for hard times? You better prepare for them during the good times. Because when the hard times hit, and you're not prepared, you're not tempered, like James says, the tests, the trials, you're not ready, you're, going, you're probably going to fail. Probably going to fail. And you, you can use that at work, your trials at work, or whatever, but we're talking about loftier goals than that. That, who knows, I mean, we're, we're becoming such an uncivil country. Civility is out the window almost, I hate that. Not the, not the country I grew up in. Well, we better get prepared for the hard times that are evidently coming now with these qualities. Now, Mike, uh, Mike and I were talking last night. He said, he said, Mitch, I've read these verses many times like we all have. But he said, this has bothered me because I'm falling short on a lot of these qualities. And so am I. So the question was, he and I were, were chatting, these things, are they meant to make us feel bad? No. They're meant for us uh, goals that we can aspire to, that we can attain to, and we can become better, better people.
Is anybody else? I go, Bruce, you had two or three. I mean, I got to move on a little bit. Uh, but I'll come back. Chris? A uh, little tying in with the patient's part. There's a video Jason shared with me years ago, and it's actually, bear with me, it's a Chick-fil-A training video oh, called Everybody Has a Story. So yeah. when you get home, look it up and watch it. I keep it safe. Everybody has a story yeah, on Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A training okay. video. But Keep it saved on. I keep it saved on my phone to watch it every so often because it's it's really good. Yeah. It's it, it shows everybody's story going along in the yeah. store. You know, they're having good days, bad days, cancer treatments, and it really gives you some perspective of patients. Yeah. And, and, and we talked this a little bit last week. Some of you were gone, but uh, uh, go ahead, Sharon. No, no, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'll come back to where I was. Um, one of the things I've always found as a teacher is that you can assume nothing. You cannot assume anything. And if you do assume anything, the only thing you should assume is positive intent. I don't think they have interviewed everyone from FBI agents who are interviewing criminals and found that they, those criminals who are doing these heinous things truly believe that they are right. And so if you're looking at somebody who is um, struggling from whatever that is, you can't assume that they're doing it because they purposely went into it saying, this is wrong, I shall now do it. Um, people in psychology courses, you learn that people rarely do anything randomly. They do, of course, have the, the great propensity to do things randomly, but very rarely do. More than anything, it's something like, you know, they were going along nice and steady and all of a sudden got kicked out of their house. Um, it's, and a lot of times it's, uh, it's not huge course adjustments that change people's lives. It's minor nudges to the tiller that bring them off course and really start to steer them away. That's and true. We have, and we have to have, when you understand that about people, it really humbles you because you understand that it could be those minor things that could have done it to you as well. No, really good points. Parallel lines that become just a, a degree or two off. Eventually, what, what happens to those? Over a period of time, they're unrecognizable. And they just veered off a little bit. Um, better listening skills. We hit on this last week. What do we have a tendency to do when the other person's talking? Would you be quiet already so I can talk? Because I'm the important one here. That, we don't say that, of course. But we, we have to be able to listen and show more empathy. What do I mean by that? Put, if, yourself in put yourself in their shoes because I'm going to tell you something. If you hadn't been there in their shoes, you're going to be. You're going to be. It's Your day is coming. Whether it's poor health or death in the family or, or, or a broken marriage. A lost child. All these things. Uh, you know, a member of your family that's fallen away. You, it's probably going to happen to you someday. You think that's you think that's true? Yeah. Probably. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, and particularly uh, those of us have any age, it's coming to you. it's coming to, to your front doors one of these days. Life can get messy pretty quickly. John. Just very briefly, in Luke six verse forty, um, kind of picking it out of context, but. It says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. That's Jesus speaking. And that, to me, gives me a lot of hope. Because I look at myself, and I look at the situation, the situation after situation after situation, where I'm not patient with people. 
or I'm not very kind, I'm not very loving, and I tend to be jealous, or, or whatever, you go down that list. But Jesus here is saying, you're not, you're not above your teacher, but when you're fully trained, you'll be like your teacher. So to be able to have that hope, to be able to, it's, it's not something I, I, I can sympathize and empathize with, with Mike in the sense of like, I look at this and I'm like, this is, this is way beyond me, but it's not. Jesus says, you can be like me. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a source of joy, a source of encouragement, a source of, let's, let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. But what does James say when, when you need more wisdom? Pray, Pray. Pray. Ask for it. Pray for wisdom. You ask for wisdom. Well, wisdom's first cousin to patience and understanding. So, one of the answers would be, I think, is to pray more. Have you ever actually prayed for patience and understanding? I mean, uh, maybe we are now that the, the class is going, but probably not, maybe not as much as we should. Uh, so we pray for it. What's the biggest proof of our patience? I can say that right. What is the proof of being patient like uh, Paul says here in 1 Corinthians. What's the biggest proof of our uh, of patience? Yeah, our patience. Are we making progress? Well, am I being less impatient? Less impatient. You're not going to get there overnight, but you have to kind of ask yourself that. To me, that's a that's a that's a roadmap. Am I less impatient than I used to be? It's either yes or no answer. Am I as patient as I should be? Well, no. Chad. I, I've heard it said before and thought it that if you pray for parent for patience, God will help you by sending you more trials to help solve <laughs> your which is not a bad thing because because impatience is a luxury, really. Well, it is. And when we pray for patience, when do we want it? Now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have that answer. I guess we really need that. Go ahead, Bruce. Um, you said a few minutes ago that that God could have hit them over the head, uh, hit uh, the people he was talking to over the head with something. And really, we as Christians are in that same situation. God could hit us over the head with all of our sins that we've done in the past or... But he doesn't. He he's forgotten everything that we that we've repented of. Okay. He's patient with us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is so patient with us, and most of our lives we've not been worthy of that patience. Probably all of our lives we've not been worthy of that patience. Um. And we, you know, we, we, we touched. Remember when, uh, when Jesus was walking down the road, and there was thronged by people, throngs of people, grabbing and yelling, and you can imagine the tumult. And he's walking, and a, a lady says, "If I could just touch his robe, I'll be healed." And she did, and she was healed immediately. What did Jesus say? Now I'm telling you, woman, you better get off the street now. I, I, there are people. That, what do you say? Who touched me? 
And you can imagine her cowering, as any of us would. Oh my, he knew that? And we'll touch on that when we get to kindness. But the, he uses the word one time in the whole New Testament, at least in his ministry, daughter. Very tender word, daughter. It's only only woman he ever called daughter was that woman there. She had spent her, all of her savings. She had her health was just basically gone, and he was very kind and patient and tender with her. But he could not have been. Would you, you know, you people are give me some, give me some elbow room here. He could have said that. He didn't. He actually stopped, reached down, and talked to her. Patience, kindness, that that kind of thing. Um, Mike, I'm sorry, Mike. Just, just real quick. Uh, Proverbs, Solomon, Proverbs 15, and verse 28 says, "The heart of the righteous studies how to answer." Okay. That means you don't quickly mouth off. You got, and that's what you were saying. Something's wrong with this boy, and we need to figure it out. Right. In chapter 16, he goes on to say, When a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies will make peace with him. There's, there's another heavy yeah. one there. Good points. Good points. Now let's bring it home. Uh, whose responsibility in the church, that's what we're talking about, whose responsibility is it to notice when things aren't going well, or uh, be observable when people's um, when people change somewhat. Who's response? Elders? Me. Well, it is the elder. Preacher? Yes. Oh, that's true. Deacons? Yes. Everyone. But you know, two hundred people. You can't expect six men to notice everything going on here. We try. Or the preacher or preachers. You can't. So whose responsibility? It's yours. It's yours. That's not always easy either, is it? Because sometimes you might get this told to you, which has happened many. It's none of your business. Well, I just noticed that. Now, okay, what, what could we say? What, what would the old person have said? Fine. Fine. <laughs> really well, Michelle. Yeah. You know. Well, okay then. Could do that. Well, what would the new person that we're learning patience slow to boil might say? What could we say? Just find out the story. I'm just concerned about you. Find out the story of why they've changed. But they don't want to talk. But. Mm -hmm. You can pray for them. You can pray for them for sure. You can find. You, you can be patient with them. What'd you say, Brock? I said. Nobody does say. <laughs> you're, you're concerned about them, and you can say, "I'm concerned about you." If you need to talk or anything, I'm always here for yeah. you. Yeah. And then, uh, what are they? What are they? What are they going to say? Oh yeah. I mean, there's no reply to that. I'm just concerned about you. That's all. If you need me, give me a call, or send me an email or something. And just to follow up, the next time you see him, that you could just say, "How's it going?" Yeah. Just how? Nothing. No. No accusatory. How you doing? Now here's the thing. And here we go. We got Jason here. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? 
sincerity. How you feeling? Okay, good. <laughs> so what does that imply? Check in the box. There you go. There's a time and a place, though. I learned a lesson recently about that. Don't. Sometimes we're interested in spreadsheets and checking a box. Nothing wrong with spreadsheets. Nothing wrong checking boxes. But sometimes you've got to sit. And you know what? It's going to take some of your valuable time. Well, I'm off on Saturday. I worked like a dog all week. That's true. Welcome to the club. You may need to go to their house and sit down with them and have a... No, no, not the coffee thing, but uh, <laughs> that stuff will kill you. But, See, it is valuable. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm the only non-coffee player in the United States. But you're right. There's a value. Fake it. Fake it. It's going to require some time. And time is so valuable, is it not? Did it take Jesus a lot of time? while he was here. Absolutely. He, he was so busy, he didn't get a chance to eat. And he had to take his apostles and disciples out to the, out to the depth. These things are multiplying, plus they're the size of Texas. Um, somebody else have a hand up? Oh, okay. Me again. Carol. Sitting in the front Me again. Right? You can't know, in a congregation of this size, you don't know everybody, but you have a personal responsibility to know people and expand your, your knowledge of people as you go. Everybody is fighting some kind of battle that you don't know anything about. And so there's a time That's and true. a place as well. That's and true. so you can't just go sit next to somebody and, and then expect that they're going to give you everything about the life. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It takes time and it, ta and it takes that relationship. Which it does. Brought up earlier. Really good point. How do we, since we, since, are, are some people closer to some other people? Absolutely. Okay, find out who they are. Find out who you have a relationship, maybe a little bit a closer relationship than others. We love everybody, but some you just like better than others. Love everybody, but I like some better than others. Find out who they are, and let's. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Bite at a time. Well, let's start biting. Not biting. Let, let's start eating a little bit at a time. But find out in your realm of influence. That's a little more professional, maybe. In your realm of influence. Maybe it's age. I don't know. When I was a young guy, I actually liked hanging out with older people better. But if, if you're young and only the young exist on the planet, <laughs> then hang out with the young, but get to know them. And, uh, Cheryl? Well, I was going to add to that. That cannot happen just on a Sunday and a Wednesday. That's true. It goes so far beyond that throughout week. In case we didn't hear that on the on bid recording, Sherilyn says it cannot just happen on Sunday morning for two and a half to two and three quarter hours. There's 168 hours a week, and we think in two and a half hours, I don't know what percentage that would be, one and a half percent, one 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 point seven five percent, that we can get to know one another like that. So, now, a great point. Well. 
What are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to do that? When did the New Testament church meet? Daily. Daily, from house to house. I know that's hard. I get it. But they met daily. But sometimes we're too busy, we think. Uh, but if there are ladies' classes, if there are singings, I know we can't make them all. I, I, we all understand those things. But you, know, you can fill in the blanks, can't we? And get to know one another better. Nobody's going to heaven by themselves. The world will kill you. It'll beat you down. It'll beat you down. Without each other, I don't think we can make it. Why would we want to try? <laughs> Good point. Good point, Chad. I'm kind of obsessed with this for myself because I have to keep on myself. But but if I don't have enough time to do that, you know, whose business am I busy with? Because Jesus didn't have time to hang out with his parents on the way back home because he had to be about his father's business. I mean, right. I need to be able to. I need to be about that business. <laughs> and if other stuff doesn't get done, it's not going to get done. Good point. Something has to... We have to prioritize things. And you had, a, you had a comment. I'm sorry. I missed you. I was going to say that sometimes just a small, so people that don't want to open up, like, for example, even a small gesture of kindness. I know I've been given kindness that people that I didn't know well or have um, a close relationship, but then the next time something happens, you're more approachable to those type of people to be able to talk about. That's, that's, a, that's a great point. Um, that's a great point. And sometimes we're on the receiving end. What should that tell us? How, when we see how important it is to us, and we get through this little this bump in the road, what should that make us want to do? We'll call it pay it forward as, as, as you know, uh, the thing today. But you understand. You know, maybe it is a death in the family. Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a marriage on the rocks. Maybe it's uh, financial issues. Maybe, you can fill in the blank. But when you get through that, are you more apt to be able to help someone else in that position? We'll be on the lookout for them. Be on the lookout for them. And sometimes, what did Jesus say about a cup of cold water? That's all you have. If you give them a cup of cold water... In my name. So sometimes it's simple, isn't it? Maybe it is going to lunch. Maybe it's just step, you know, going uh, talking to somebody in the hallway one on one. But really listening. Really listening. Was that the first or second bell? Okay. Well, we'll do kindness uh, Wednesday night. I'm not gonna get the kindness, but I appreciate everybody's comments, Michelle. We're looking for ways to make connections with people. Some homework you can do is the autobiographies. <coughs> really simple way to kind of make a connection and go, oh, I didn't even know that. I'm going to make a goal maybe on Wednesday yeah. night to go up to that person and just make a comment about something we have in common. Right. What if we don't have the... I'm coming, John. What if we don't have the personality <coughs> we think... Can our personality be an excuse for inactivity? No, it, it cannot be, but it can be. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, it should not be. 
Not like, I'm a little on the quiet side. <laughs> um, it's not a problem for me to talk to anybody. We're going to Walmart. And I'm talking to my, But not everybody can do that. I get that. It's like Chris said. We don't all have that personality. Is that right or wrong? It is. It's not either. But do we take solace and hide in our um, situation? No, you try to get out of it. Or you try to improve on it, right? Uh, sometimes I need to listen more, talk less. I, I know that. Sometimes those who are a little more on the shy side have to step out of your comfort zone and do a little bit more. I had a boss one time uh, at Champion Athletics that said, Mitch, you cannot grow in the shade. He said, nothing grows in the shade. What does that mean, you think? You know me and my say. You get out, but what, if you get out in the sun, what could happen to you? You might get burned. But you can grow. But you can also get burned. I understand that. You cannot grow in the shade. John. I've been guilty of getting frustrated with people because they're not opening up to me when I say, hey, how you doing? Uh, then I realized, okay, well, I'm giving a stock answer as well. So I, I found that it's really helpful to say, you know what, this week was really not a very good week. Uh, how are you? You know, and it's, it's amazing how, you know, some people are going to be like, Oh, too much information. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking. It could be. But most people would want to know. And then that's an opportunity for them to realize this is a safe environment. Well, it, it, and it has to be a safe environment. <clears throat> Sometimes we tell each other things. That's, that's where it needs to go. No further. Safe environment. We we need to respect that, don't we? Um, too much of, I was talking to a brother in the bathroom this morning. He had a prostate uh Oh, uh, exam uh, examination last week. That's TMI. <laughs> I, I, that, that's too close to home. But yeah, I, I didn't call his name, did I? And I won't. But he wanted me to listen. Uh, okay, I'll try to listen and be be patient and kind. That's too much. That's too much. Um, but we need to feel safe enough around one another. We, we, we claim we're going to the same place, and, and Lord willing, we all are. Well, we better get used to one another because we got eternity with each other if we make it. And that's our goal, is it not? Yes. Okay, amen. So kindness on Wednesday night. We'll finish up kindness, Lord willing, next Sunday. So we're going to go through this, as Mike said, very intimidating if we let it. Don't let it intimidate you. Let it, let it be a tool for us to grow. Appreciate all your good comments. Wonderful comments. Thank you. Thank you.